Alright, welcome to the Tri-State Space Program. Uh, I'm Jake the Astronaut. I'm sitting here with a dude I went to high school with, and now we're both kind of uh, trying to make something of ourselves in this Evansville music scene. I would say that you already have, for sure. Uh, Drew, you're in a band which uh, was formerly known as Potato Boy. Yes. What's the, what's the current name? Rare Dog Days. It okay. is the title of our album that we're working on right now. It's going to be 10 tracks. Oh. And there's a title track as well that we're going to release as a single. And it's the name of the documentary that we're going to be working on, hopefully in November, if we get the GoFundMe huh. all together. That's awesome, man. Uh, I saw you're doing a fundraiser as well at, mm-hmm. the, at the Pineapple. Uh, so it's like a multifaceted thing from the jump. Yeah. That's awesome. Where'd the, so the, where'd the name come from? It's just something that Caleb thought of for the album and a song title. And it kind of just developed from there. And Potato Boy is kind of a cheesy name, some might say. Everyone that I've talked to kind of loves it, and they're like, oh, it stands out because Potato Boy. Yeah. But Rare Dog Days is a little more serious, and we want to show that we are serious about what we're doing. Okay. Uh, You guys have done a few shows as Potato Boy. Uh, This upcoming show will be the first one as Rare Dog Days, right? So... Uh, and you released some recordings as Potato Boy, and mm-hmm. they had uh, two of them with, with vocals, right, and two without. No, it was three with vocals. Three with vocals? Did mm-hmm. I get that wrong? Uh, Celery Rose is the instrumental track. Ah, uh, okay. So are you going to keep doing instrumental stuff, or was that by virtue of... Did the singer come in last? I yes, would be but the first question. We just wanted to make that track an instrumental because we felt it was a little too weird to have some vocals on it. Uh, like, it'd be hard to put a melody to it. Okay. I did listen to it uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's pretty badass, man. I'm like, uh, the instrumentation... I mean, the vocals are great, too, but I was just... You're the drummer, so mm. I'm telling you that the instrumentation sounds fucking badass. It's really good. And I love recording all the extra percussion tracks for it. I have a, about a minimum of at least two extra auxiliary percussions. Sometimes I went up to, I think, five tracks for Animal Structures with a bunch of different hand drums, using different things on the hand drums. Then we doubled all of those and kind of offset them. Oh, shit. Trying to get that wall of sound. And (laughs) I love it that uh, Alex Hicks, our producer for the album, uh, the EP, dropped out the drums, uh, the drum set part for the, uh, that noisy, chaotic end. Yeah. And it's just the drums playing with that guitar and the bass. Uh, It hit me. Oh, yeah, really you definitely it. achieved the wall of sound. And mm-hmm. you, uh, the uh, guitar player and the bass player are really kicking ass, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, their parts are really insane on it. I was, I was listening to it. I was thinking you were probably going to be the total standout. And, you know, because a, <laughs> a lot of guitar players from around here, and including myself in a lot of ways, are almost like dime a dozen, you know, and they're not doing anything really that crazy. But yeah. He's doing some awesome stuff, man. I'm, yeah, it's, and the bass player too. Like everybody's parts just fall. Uh, they fill up the whole spectrum. Almost, you know what I mean? It's just, it's great. I love having the bass part that moves, and Caleb just comes up with so many crazy things. There's just so much going on in his head, and it's 
uh, it's great to me that this started off as just a side project for him. It was a creative outlet from his band Winter League, Mm. and he just Mm. wanted to write some of his own songs, have some of his own stuff, and it just has taken off in a way that we have not imagined. We're very close, I think six likes away from 300 right now on Facebook. Sweet. That's awesome, man. I mean, that means a lot for a band from Evansville. Owensboro. Owensboro. Yeah, I'm the only member from Evansville. Everyone else is from Owensboro. That's right. Um, And that's also where you practice, too. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I wanted to talk about is, like, uh, when I came to the Evil Jam Room, which is its official name, with one L. I didn't name it. But, uh, (laughs) so, when I came here, it was, like, a weird thing that all these bands, because I was so used to practicing in a house or in a garage or in a shed or something. Oh, definitely. So, coming here, it's like, oh, wow, it's almost... This is a mini community within a bigger community, and it gave me a sense of that. Uh, is it the same thing in Owensboro? Yeah, we have the same kind of facility over on the west side, and it's a little industrial part of town. Okay. That, the key coded in. Every room has a key code, mm. so you can just punch that in. All the members can have it. And the rate is pretty easy to handle for a band Sweet. every month. And some of the suites are they vary in size depending on the price. Some have bathrooms. And we wow. just got uh, the one that opened up on the bottom floor, so I don't have to carry my drums up the stairs <laughs> yeah. anymore because those <laughs> things are steep. Yeah, it's a bitch. Drums is definitely a bitch yeah. in that regard. What? Uh, well, what are the other things? Is there like is there a kitchen there? I have not seen a kitchen. Uh, the there are two public bathrooms. And uh, I haven't explored too much outside so you can't of really practice eat there. room. That might uh, be good, though, because you might, you know, everybody might Way too might much be, trash. Yeah, yeah. And aside from all the beer cans, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the practice the room can just be here. a mess. And we have more than one band practicing in that room. So sometimes it can just be a mess after, like, one band gets through and they just don't clean up. Wow. Yeah. You get a lot of that no matter what, though. Yeah. Even if it's at someone's house, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some uh, lack of cleanliness in a band. Uh so, what's the deal with... Okay, what did Potato Boy mean? I wanted to ask that earlier. What, uh, where did that come from? Well, uh, Potato Boy is a Mac DeMarco B-side, and Mac DeMarco was a big influence on Caleb when he was writing. Okay. And it just kind of stuck out to him. Okay. So it was just a, kind of an homage? Kind of, yeah. Kind of thing. Okay, another thing which uh, I mentioned earlier... Um, the Pineapple Project. Mm-hmm. You work there, correct? Yes. You're a uh, you're part of that establishment. Uh, it seems every time I'm there for a show, you're there. It yep. seems like I'm so, one of the managers. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you have already undergone like a lot of changes, and it, what else? What's going to happen? I mean, the bar got moved, which was awesome. It's in a much more convenient spot. I feel like and. Uh, it it opened up the bar. It opened up the whole room mm-hmm. that that wasn't a bar, that that's not a bar anymore. And uh, also, some of those hard, like, bingo hall chairs are out of there, and there's couches and some, like, higher, more comfortable chairs. So what else is going to happen? Well, we are working with Opus One Music right now on the east side where I happen to teach drums. uh yeah, I talked to our live sound dude, Rob, who was cooking up something quite nice for us. He came in the other day, took measurements, 
has a 3D map of the whole room. Wow. And he's coming with three packages for sound. We're going to choose one of them. They're going to be permanently mounted in the ceiling, and we're getting a light package from them and throw up a few banners to show that they sponsored and worked with us on this. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're really helping us out, and we're looking for some investors right now to help us get all the funds necessary to get that in as fast as possible. That's awesome. A universal sound system. So It'll, it'll be state-of-the-art, too. That's awesome, man. And lights. Oh, man, that's like a... That's a big thing for a venue because a lot of times uh, bars around here, especially in Evansville or in Owensboro, uh, that type of thing can change a lot. So to have it be like a permanent thing, that's... Oh, yes. Or as permanent as it can be. Especially whenever you go from having a sound and light crew in every week as a residence, kind of, to just what we have. Like, kind of how our situation went. It went down to just... like hand-me-down equipment. We have this vintage six-channel board that we're working on right now. <laughs> it can be a little confusing and frustrating <laughs> at times, but it's just because it has knobs instead of faders and people don't know what they're looking at. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah, uh, we actually uh, did an inter show with that sound system. I'm oh, pretty I remember sure. that, yeah. 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 Hey, dude, it worked. Yeah. It, it worked. It wasn't like uh, the pineapple project left us high and dry or anything. Like, there's equipment there sufficient to do a show i mean that's that's all you can ask for really. and it was a punk rock night and yeah. we had a punk rock sound uh system yeah definitely it worked though. <laughs> i mean it was good I'm, i mean uh i've had to bring a pa in certain at two certain shows in bands i've been in we've had to supply the pa and that is a bitch oh yeah definitely all that extra stuff so it's awesome that you're providing that for all of the artists that are going to play it may not be much but <laughs> we're doing what we can well, that and you're putting in a new one uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be, you know, that's like a revolutionary change. Oh, so yeah. So what, uh, what else? I mean, uh, what else are you working on? Uh, anything for that, like, outside area back there? Because I thought of that. I hang out back there. Oh, yeah, we're definitely planning on getting one of those all-weather retractable awnings you hear about on TV. <laughs> we're yeah. looking into getting one of those installed. <sighs> I am so excited for that. Because when it rains, there's nowhere to smoke and no, still drink. There's not. <laughs> you just have to get wet. Yep. Which I've done before. Oh, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, so, what uh, are you involved in? Uh, I'm kind of skipping around here, but uh, are you involved in the writing process in your band as far as like the lyrics or the, the song structures? And the lyrics are all kept at the Tory, our vocalist. Okay. But as far as the songwriting process goes, instrumental-wise, Caleb comes in with his ideas, and I pretty much will jam on them for a bit, see what fits, see what I can do with them, and then I come back probably the next week with like set beats, some tracks to go with, and Caleb will pretty much write Evan's part sometimes if it's like weird chord changes, just like how to okay. move around. But... We've had some organic songs just come out during practice, like Rare Dog Days, the title track. It just happened. Oh, yeah? I was trying to tell Caleb, you know, let's try for uh, something bluesy or something kind of mellow, because it comes in in the album right after Mr. Periwinkle, which is a really high energy, really fast, exciting track. And I actually hope we get to play that next Thursday at the fundraiser, because I just love that song. But Caleb was like, no, instead of bluesy, just try for a shuffle. So I started playing this beat, and he just 
kicks into this little melody, and we just went from there. Fifteen minutes later, we had the whole song structure. Huh. Yeah. You just switched from part to part, and it just worked out. Like, I've been and a part of that before, but it's... Uh, we went through, and weird. just while playing, while jamming, structured out the entire thing. And we did it for another song that day, too, Maps Written in Crayon. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was all because of a bass line Caleb thought of back whenever he was uh, actually trying to play bass around here. Okay. Now he, it's like a Dr. Dre bass line is how we called it. Really? Yeah. That's all, Well, Dr. Dre bass lines are badass. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and we can't afford one of his, so we had to write our own. Yeah. Well, I mean, anything that sounds Cali at all, because that's really, a, it's like a Cali bass line. Oh, yeah. There's other, there are bands that play bass lines like that, you know, and then Dr. Dre was just influenced by that, I feel like. Uh, what, do you feel like there's kind of a, as a drummer in Itter, I'm not really a drummer, but I can play a little bit, so I, I'm the drummer in Itter, and I've noticed that there's a difference between what people can kind of tell you to do because they're playing a string instrument because there's usually only one drummer, you know? Yeah. And they're playing a string instrument and they they may have a part and have kind of an idea in their head, but really you come up with the drum part, I feel like. And oh, yeah. Is that how it is? Or uh, is Caleb a drummer at all? Or No, um, he's tried to communicate or translate some of the ideas he has for certain parts of the songs yeah. like this last uh, Sunday when we were rehearsing on one of our songs and he's like no let's try this or and he was like try to say it and I was like like mouth. just just take the sticks just take the <laughs> sticks and kind of play through it and I was like wait a second like this maybe kind of no like this okay that's it let's uh-huh. go with that that's awesome it was close enough basically yeah. to what he had in his head yeah yeah, sometimes it's hard to communicate that whenever it's two different languages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you don't have any notes to really worry about, other than maybe toms. But uh, who tunes their toms? You know, I mean, some people do, but I feel like it's uh, just as common not to really, not to tune them to a specific note. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, you tune your drums, but oh, yeah. uh, in the sense that you, you know, it, it's level, but... Or I guess like uh, equal tightness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how. I'm not a drummer, so I barely know the lingo. I barely know what I'm talking about. But uh, I've, I don't know. Uh, Gary, the guy that recorded the Texas T stuff. Well, he went to fucking high school with us. Why oh, Gary, I, yeah. Why am I saying that to you? Uh, uh, fucking Gary said that there are some bands, and uh, there's one band that tuned every tom to G. I don't know how the fuck you do that. Does that is that a thing? No, yeah, the, you're a drummer. Can you? Yeah, you can totally produce. You can produce a, a solid tone out of a drum, and it's just being able to pick out that tone amongst all the overtones that are coming out with it. Oh yeah. So that makes it a bitch sometimes if you're trying to get a distinct sound. But I mostly just use my toms for texture over tone. I don't try to be too melodic with them. It's more for okay. just like you're gonna. I want you to feel them more than hear them. Well, it's almost like you've got a guitar player and a bass player who are definitely keeping the the tone or as far as like uh, complexity and everything. The mm-hmm. the you know the notes are there. So really, you're a more of a rhythm, obviously. But <laughs> but I mean, also if you think about it, it's kind of. Um, I don't know, fascinating's too too fucking heavy of a word, but it's really cool how 
you're just really the rhythm as the drummer. Like you, yeah. you're just supplying this. You don't have to worry about notes because you also play guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or at, at, I know you do more than dabble because you have a flying V. Anybody who has a flying V definitely is more than dabbling in playing guitar. And I had a local artist, uh, Americant, do uh, custom vinyl work on my pick guard. That's awesome. It looks like a motherboard, like computer chips and shit, so I call it the oh, mothership. Man. That's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a chance to really bring it out because I don't really play guitar with anybody, but I hope to break that thing out soon. Well, uh, so Caleb won't play it. He won't. Is he not a fan? No, he has his V-caster, mm. which is just okay. a, a fantastic-looking lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, so, uh, like I was saying, the you don't have to worry about any notes, really, as, as long as your toms aren't tuned, I guess. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to worry about notes. Uh, so it's, it's this weird thing where you almost have to detach. I guess I play guitar first, and yeah. you, were, you play drums first, right? Definitely. Which is, uh, it's weird how it probably shakes out to closer to equal but it seems like uh, uh ron told me he said well all drummers are, gu- are guitar players i was like i don't know if all drummers are guitar players but no, all drummers are bass players definitely really <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i think uh if you get into drums i feel like it might be by virtue of drums being so expensive that they're hard to get into and, and so bulky. much easier <laughs> yes yeah and a bitch to carry. You almost have to have your friends help you. Your bandmates almost have to help you. Oh yeah, with them, you know? especially when I was carrying up those stairs, I'd just be waiting like, "Hey, Caleb, Evan, help." And we have just added a keyboardist and oh, second guitar player, sweet, to the band. So we're gonna debut him at the fundraiser. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're almost, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's going to add a whole other element. And even the songs that we recorded as Potato Boy for the EP completely just brings a whole fresh new idea to it. Do you think you'll record his parts? Well, uh, we are putting those songs? we are putting Lego Walk With Me and Animal Structures on the album. So awesome. those uh, will be re-recorded with him on there. That's awesome. Are they going to change it all otherwise? No, pretty much just adding his parts, I think. And we might play around a little bit more with the ending of Animal Structures, see what we can really do okay. in the studio. Because that was just something that we just kind of jammed out at the end. And we've kind of honed a little something more with the past couple shows and all of our rehearsals. That's awesome. That That's awesome when you get that uh, the sound together and everyone's on the same page. you Because know? when you first start jamming with people, sometimes... You can feel that it's different, but then eventually the chemistry just kind of comes together. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, so what? Uh, I guess you've already you've already said what you're going to do in the future. I already asked that question, but um, I don't know if you said. I don't think you did. Where did you guys meet up? Like, how did how did you get in contact with each other to be in a band with Caleb? Well, right. I think it was after I graduated high school or right before I started jamming with him. We had a little, what do you, it was some really long sub-genre, post-hardcore, pre-some, uh, 
fucking core. I don't I don't <laughs> Lots know. Lots of prefixes. But, and yeah. <laughs> It sounded all right, but we were uh, called the Midnight Society after Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. That we, we, uh, <laughs> That's a cool reference. We came together though. for like a couple rehearsals, just me and him. He was on guitar, I was on the drums, and recorded this three-track thing. Uh, it's fun to go back and listen to. It's definitely weird hearing that after what we've accomplished now. Yeah. Because he contacted me back in, I think, February, he put out a Facebook status saying that he was going to try to do a psychedelic rock band, was looking for like a drummer and bass players, and I knew I had to be a part of something like that, because ah, I like trippy music. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, who who doesn't? That's like that's a musician. I feel like... And it's a, it's a really nice blanket term, too, because all the styles I like to play can be added and give that trippy feel, like throw in some funk, hip-hop, and R&B elements... Yeah, uh, I definitely love doing that, and the jazz background that I got from studying percussion at UE, I think it really prepared me on how to kind of manipulate what he was doing and kind of mimic, and just all of these little nuances uh, and phrasing. Definitely, phrasing is something that I've come into. So it's not just me playing a beat; it actually goes somewhere. You know, it has that roller coaster. It has the ups. It has the downs. It's got a story. Yeah. All on its own, basically. Yeah. Uh, I, that's why I like the your complex drumming because I feel like there's so many sounds going on with the alternative percussion. I remember thinking like, is this like, uh, how do you do that live? That was the question that popped into my brain. I only do drum set live. I wish I could manage to play all of those things, yeah. but <laughs> I am <impossible>. not Shiva. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that the guy from Mortal Kombat? Or no, wait, that's fucking that was a girl. Hindu. That, right? Yeah, that's a woman. Hindu uh Hindu Hinduism. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I learned about religions. I'm acting like fucking ignorant American right now, but uh so what's the guy from fucking Mortal Kombat's name Goro. while we're on it? Damn. Forearms, Goro. I just, yeah, I, some of that shit has just left me since I was yeah. a little kid, you know. <laughs> uh, so, it seems like you, yeah, you're a fan. You and your uh, bandmates seem to be fans of like pop culture mm-hmm. and references and things, which is awesome. Uh, it's kind of a style all on its own, or a skill all on its own to come up with clever ones, you know. Yeah. Uh, what? What's the name of the EP mean? The really oh, long Shilowitz Quitely is the name of a Mexican hairless dog breed. The the really long title of yep. the EP, the the Potato Boy EP. Shilowitz Quitely is the name of a That's Mexican hairless dog that? breed. Holy shit! Yeah, never would have guessed. No, I wouldn't have. I it took me over a try. month to be able to say it right wow. and definitely spell it. Yeah, there's no way I could spell it. No. It is so I've difficult. I've seen it like a few times now, but I couldn't. There's no way. No. <laughs> uh, so are you doing, do you have any side projects going on? Uh, like, as as in like a, uh, not just jamming. Or are you just, do you have any side projects <laughs> going on well, at all? Well, I like, am musically. working with Brick Briscoe, hopefully uh, jumping on tour with him. Uh, okay. I just want to do a more intimate setting for his newest album. Just him on guitar, myself on a minimalist drum kit. Okay. And just try to see what we can do with that. Uh, looking forward to jamming on that in the future. A couple months ago, we got together back when he still had Eric Lee as his bass player, and that was just a phenomenal session. 
It was crazy yeah. playing with those guys because they are just on it. Really? Yeah. That's it's always good to be in a <laughs> to be associated with that, you know. And Eric just left Evansville to go study bass performance at, oh, sweet, at some conservatory. I forget which one. Uh, somewhere far away. That's all I know. That's crazy. So, uh, so you got a. Uh, some irons and some fires around the area, it seems. Uh, how long have you been doing the drum lessons that you mentioned earlier? Well, I've been teaching at Opus One for a few months now. I have either nine or ten students. I had a couple new ones coming this week, so I'm not sure the actual number. But yeah. now that the semester has started again, all them kids going to band class, keep hearing, you got to get private lessons. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should it, be. <laughs> it keeps me busy working three jobs, but it's worth it. That's, well, uh, you're being a productive member of society. Uh, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Uh, what, uh, how often do you do that? Do you give drum lessons? Three nights like, a week. Three nights a week. And my youngest student just started this week, six years old. Oh, how, uh, how's that going? That kid is going to be a total rock star. Really? He's yeah. Like, is he a prodigy? I got him to just sit down at the kit, and after 10 minutes, he was doing that one, two, one, two, one, oh, two. Oh, man. And after grooving on that for a bit, I told him, now try to get your hand to go twice as fast. And he just holds his hand off to the side and shakes it and goes like this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, try that. <laughs> without even thinking, without skipping a beat, goes right into just... That's awesome. <laughs> perfect. It was so spot on. The tempo was perfect. My jaw dropped, and I was pissed off. Yeah. Because <laughs> why couldn't I do that when I was six? Right? <laughs> I uh, Have you ever heard of the Shelter House shows going on um, over at Mesker? Like any, have you ever been to one? I have not been to one. About it? I've heard about a while ago there was a Tom, Tommy Dastardly one back when oh. it was uh, still in winter. Okay. Whatever. They had to move it to some bowling alley. Oh, really? That's the only time I heard about uh, one of the Mesker shows. Well, uh, there was one I went to. Uh, there's a point. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's one I went to uh, Halloween of probably 2010 or 11. Uh, 138, the Misfits tribute band that the bass player of Itter, uh, Ron, he has been in for a long time. Okay. And it's been different iterations, different members, but he's always Danzig in the in the Misfits cover band. <laughs> he always just sings. And uh, he does a really good job. And they played a show. And uh, Star Pupil was there. And then uh, the opening band was called Bent Pennies. And uh, they had a six-year-old drummer, and the drummer's dad was the lead singer, and I think they had a guitar player. That's crazy. And it wasn't, I mean, the... The little kid drummer was the best part of it, uh, as far as like, I mean, they had a song called uh, "I'm Never Gonna Remember This," but it was a, a bunch of STDs like smashed together into one word, like uh, "gonna herpa sifa clap" or something like that. <laughs> and it was it was the weirdest thing about how his wife had given him this, or not wife, but I guess an ex lover necessarily uh, gave him the "gonna herpa sifa clap," and I I don't know. This is a really fucking weird song and weird band, and it was like a six-year-old drummer with a giant mohawk (laughs) playing, and then uh, the guitar player, you could tell, was like really happy with himself, 
in a in a really genuine way like he was whenever people cheered for their songs he would smile real big and it was like you know i remember doing that the yeah. first time i jammed with the <laughs> band you know and uh but anyway they had a six-year-old drummer and i i remember thinking maybe a year after i started playing drums i was like i'm probably about as good as that kid was so <laughs> that's a <laughs> good place to be i guess at 20 something but uh it's weird how some people have that shit naturally and other people really have to work for it, you know? It's an odd thing. So how long did it take you? I mean, how how long have you been drumming? Ah, uh, since I was in eighth grade, I think. So over a decade. I'm bad at math. <laughs> so 10 or 11 years. Something yeah, something like that. like that. Yeah, that's... Man. <laughs> so you've been drumming for that long when did you take up guitar oh i actually played guitar before that oh really yeah uh it was always a kind of just a side thing whenever i started doing the drums it totally went on the back burner Uh. and it's something that i'll occasionally pick back up and play around on which i have recently okay uh yeah once i got that v all pretty and shit oh yeah yeah couldn't put it down so how do you think that playing guitar and kind of getting into playing guitar again uh, at certain times uh, helps your perspective when you're in a band? Uh, do you find that happening? Like you, whenever uh, Caleb comes up with a part, then it might, I don't know, it might be more impressive to think like, man, I've been playing recently and I can't even do that. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> do, you, uh, do you feel, how, how do you feel about that as far as like, does it help you being in a band? Oh, yeah, I can definitely pick out certain things that I probably wouldn't if I wasn't familiar with the guitar. And it kind of gives me something to listen for. Uh, okay. Just listening through his part, just trying to pick it all out and see what he's doing, what all things I can add to it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it gives me a sense for the pattern, for, uh, mm-hmm. for knowing how long each pattern is and how the beat should go with it rather than oh this is a sick beat because i'm just a drummer yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> uh, so i don't understand <laughs> the structure i'm just gonna play something that sounds badass which mm-hmm. is awesome for creating good beats but you also have to think like i'm in a band uh, it's I, I can't be just going full bore the whole time i've gotta yeah it could totally butcher the songs yeah uh I feel like I've seen some bands, and I may have even been in a band or two that has kind of done that, uh, to an extent at least. Um, but it's it's just funny how just something so simple as playing guitar maybe for a collective uh, once or twice a week could even like broaden your perspective so much mm-hmm. on uh, on playing drums. Uh, what kind of drums do you have? What What's your uh, brand? It's a shitty sunlight kit that I oh. <laughs> got secondhand whenever I was in eighth grade. I see. And I've just put new heads on them, kind of taken care of I mean, them. That's all you need. I mean, that's not. Yeah. Uh, Nothing wrong with that, man. Got an OCD snare. Uh, crank the shit out of that right now. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm working on this. Uh, well, I'm working with this weird tuning where it's kind of unequal on the top. Okay. Really fucking tight on the bottom. Uh, you crank up the uh, top three lugs higher, and then you pretty much get wrinkles in the bottom okay. three. So it's like really dry, but you still get over like uh, the tone of it. And to get overtones again, just crank those three back up 
and you can okay. go from funk to ACDC in like 10 seconds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're trying to get multiple sounds and not bring two snares, it's really okay. helpful. But uh, So you just have to crank the lugs yeah, on the just top, cr- just three of them. That's not, that's not too time-consuming live, especially if you were to uh, have like three songs with one setting and then three songs. If it just happened yeah. to be like that, that would make it so much easier. Because then while everyone's tuning, while everyone else is tuning and maybe the singer's talking, you can just, yeah. Yep, just crank them up. That's awesome. Uh, that's kind of, I would feel too nervous about that, but I guess I haven't been playing drums for a decade. <laughs> uh, so, how, uh, shit. I had, I had a train of thought. I can just cut this out, but. Uh, we can fix this in post. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, do you play bass at all? That's the only I actually other do, like, yeah. main one, you know. I do play bass. I have a bass. Okay. So how? I feel like that is another expansion all on its own mm-hmm. for your perspective. Definitely for the whole uh, concept of the rhythm section mm-hmm. and how the bass and drums lock in. Uh, it's just that special relationship that I feel like you kind of have to immerse yourself in like both sides of it you gotta know what your right foot's doing you know you gotta mm-hmm. know kind of have a cause uh you don't have to follow what the bass is doing with the with your uh kick drum but I feel like it helps sometimes you gotta oh yeah it definitely depends effect. on the context yeah. of the song but usually that is how it goes yeah it's a yeah it's kind of something to follow it's always something to drop back into like if you fuck up if you know you're jamming and you just fuck up and you have to stop, it's like one of those bad times where you just have yep. to stop. <laughs> then you wait just one measure and then come right back in on the bass drum on the one, and it's you know as long as you got that one, back. as long as you have that one, <laughs> yeah. you're good. <laughs> so it's it's a drums is a really fun thing because you can put so much force into it and you don't have to worry so much about any note sequence or any. You know, you just have to stay on beat. I feel like every instrument kind of has its own uh, pros and cons. Yeah. In um, those kind of things. Like it may situations. be notationally simplistic, like not having uh, defined pitches and stuff like that, but using all four limbs at the same time. Exactly. And whenever you work in, you know, polyrhythms and shit like that, and just all these weird timing things between all of your limbs... It can be a little uh, taxing on the mind and the body. Just like probably fucking sweeping your scales or arpeggios on the guitar or really doing that nice slap pop stuff on the bass. Yeah, I think it's underestimated. Me and uh, Mike, the guitar player in Texas T, we have talked about that a few times, about how mentally taxing it is. Mm -hmm. You would think physically, obviously, because you're doing a bunch of repetitive motions with your arms and your legs especially your knees you would think would be worse off than they really are when you actually drum but no oh, i'm all ankle shin oh well yeah yeah yeah, true but i'm saying from a, a yeah i know what you're yeah uh on the outside looking in before i was a drummer mm-hmm. i always thought oh gotta be the knees that that take the hit but yeah, i just stomp that foot on the ground because you see some like in movies and a lot of the media all of them rock drummers, drummers. They, they bounce their knee up and down. And it's 
that's not how you do it at all. It's yeah. unnecessary, and yeah. frankly, it's annoying. It is. <laughs> it's like, at least get it right. But I, uh, it's so mentally taxing to keep all of this stuff together in your head, and then you have to play with style, too. So mm-hmm. you have to think about both of those things simultaneously. It's almost more of just an energy that coalesces with everyone's instrument coming together. It's not so much a calculated... Oh, I'm gonna do this next part, and you know, it muscle memory takes over. Oh yeah, definitely. Totally. Muscle memory is your best friend. And yeah. whenever I was in my senior year at UE, I joined the the top jazz band there. Finally, I finally made it in. Awesome. And we had this Latin piece that just had this crazy just it, constant. It, it was a really weird uh, clave beat. That took me about three weeks to learn, and it's a two-measure oh, beat. Oh, man. Yeah. There's two measures. It took me three weeks to be able to do that. And oh, once I got that down, get that muscle memory in there just to be able to lock it in, oh, then I could take it places. Then it was yeah. so much fun to just kind of, like, have the hi-hat, like certain hits of it just kind of really stand out and bring out the clave aspect, like that da-da-da-da-da. Okay, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. The offbeats mm-hmm. um, that make it what it is, really. Um, man, I I have had that experience so many times where everyone else has learned their part, but then I'm the last. Were you the last one to fully learn that part? Because your part was so much harder than everyone else's. Is that how it was? Oh, some of them just didn't practice. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I, I know people who don't practice but are just as good as other people who do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, people who just show up to band practice and they play, and that's it. That's when they play, and they don't play otherwise. That's but, how it was sometimes when I, uh, when I was in college, but being well, uh, a performance major for two years, you, I could only take so much of that practice room. I could only practice so much in a week, and I that kind of killed me on that. So I kind of had to step away from practicing, and I would just show up uh, at the you know, rehearsals, performances, with my stuff actually just sight-readable. Really? <laughs> yeah, awesome. I got really good at doing that. Um, helped That's me out a, a lot man. because I got really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I could just walk in and just do it. Uh, it took like a lot of work to get to there, class though. And being able to pass the tests without doing any homework, but just lecture. <laughs> yeah. Not even taking notes, just listening to it. You know what I mean? Uh, or taking notes, but never looking at them outside of class. That's almost... Sociology. That's very, yeah. <laughs> For me, it was a few <laughs> classes. Uh, I took notes in every class in college, but whether or not I looked at them, I think I just, in my head, I was thinking, well, if I just write it down, I'll retain enough of it. And it worked out. I passed every class, but, uh, <laughs> some, you know, some better than others, but... How was that experience? Uh, you uh, mentioned you used some things from your experience in college. Uh, so what, what all did you do in college uh, as far as drums? As far as drums? Like that was college affiliated. Okay, well, I was a percussion major. Okay. So oh, awesome. had to be in orchestra, wind ensemble, uh, take private lessons once a week, get a lot of... Uh, studio practice time in okay uh, percussion ensemble that that stuff drove me crazy because <laughs> we were yeah. playing extremely advanced like 
ensembles. The marimba quartets were insane. The one we did my senior year was just a marimba trio with the three seniors, Chaz, Caitlin, and myself. We were just running around the uh, the marimba. It yeah. was actually written in the music to run around. Yeah. Because you had to play down an arpeggio on the like I guess what you would call the white keys on the marimba, and then up the black keys on the other side. Okay. okay. And just doing all these intertwining rhythms. None of us are playing the same thing. It's like either offset wow. by a beat or like a dotted quarter note. And That's it, insane, it's the craziest dude. thing. <laughs> twelve minutes of music that we had to memorize. And you did that for twelve minutes? And run around. I think it was twelve minutes or it was twelve pages. Oh, okay. But it was insane. It took us the entire almost the entire school year to get down. And then we played it for every single recital at the end of the year because we just wanted to get it out there because we That's put awesome. so much into it. You had to practice a lot for that, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. We had with, so with much stuff out of class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because of the choreography, there was literally choreography to what we were doing. Wow. That's awesome, though. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. To, did you film it? Was it videotaped? I, some of my friends might have oh, copies. because wasn't an official one, though? Maybe. Um, I can just... Call their moms if I uh, okay. knew their moms. Just send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that sounds awesome. That's like a. I'd like to see that. Like that sounds like it would be awesome to watch. Yeah, like, uh, live, especially like being able to be like, yeah, I was, I was there for that. For and the, it's like a classical in- orchestral instrument, but doing something so crazy and frankly badass yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That does sound like, badass, man. It, we can do some crazy stuff if you really dig into all of the music that's actually out there, especially in the world of percussion. Yeah. Some of it is just insane. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's you see YouTube videos of drummers who are not they're not famous by any stretch of the imagination, but they're but it's crazy way better yeah. than anyone who than a lot of people who are. Uh, yeah, there's. A lot of times it's funny, you'll watch a video because it's a prestigious guitarist or a prestigious bass player, but then the drummer will be fucking insane, and it's like, why isn't his name in the actual video title? Like, because this guy is just as good as the rest. Yeah. Um, it always reminds me of that one uh, YouTube video that got shared all the time because of the drummer who was just overplaying everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were all wearing, like, yellow tuxes. It was fucking ZZ Top sharp-dressed man, I think. Okay. And he's just, like, tossing drumsticks in the back, just, like, doing all sorts of goofy uh, shit. Okay. Just, but he's still playing a simple beat, but it's just, like, just him just doing all this crazy shit because he just is so bored, I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> with, with having Just completely just overplaying that, everything. That very uh, standard beat, yeah, that that would get old after Every a Every hit on the hi-hat, he's twirling a stick, tossing yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, everyone attributes that to Tommy Lee. Like, I hear people like, yeah, Tommy Lee, but, dude, he was not the first person to do that shit. No. By any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) Like, that wasn't his idea. Like, none of that shit was his idea. I hate how Tommy Lee became, and I don't know why I'm actually talking about him, but I hate how he became a paparazzi, uh, like a paparazzi, like celebrity worship kind of star. And then everyone thinks he's, like, way better of a drummer than... Like a lot of other, you know what I mean? Uh, thinks yeah. he's at the very top of the pack, you know, because he's a drummer that they know, you know. It's because he's famous. Yeah, that's it. It's because he fucked Pamela Anderson. That's on a video. That's that's really what it is, uh, for the most part. And that's crazy, how like the general society looks up to certain people who like we as musicians know aren't the best, 
Then I really need to release a sex tape then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up. Thanks for coming in, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It was All a right. lot of fun. All right, man. Have uh, Everyone, you have a goddamn good day.